All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Hey there. So Last in, day of the session. Last day of the session, and it's another day, and it's another David Eby announcement yesterday. Late yesterday. Yeah, and this more time on more police funding. So he's been announcing a lot of sort of police funding, sort of public safety measures, a lot. That it, seems it, to be a top priority. Yeah, it's uh, yesterday. Biggest ever provincial government funding of police on a targeted basis, $270 million, I think, over three years to the RCMP for primarily rural and special integrated units. Yeah. You square that against the David Eby before he got into politics, when he represent, when he was on the outs with police. He, he and the uh, VPD would clash when he was the champion of uh, people on the downtown east side and others, Civil Liberties Association. Uh, this is like night and day in terms of uh, policy position. Yeah, he was probably the most high-profile critic of the police mm-hmm. back when he was an activist. Yep. Now he seems to be much more taking a position much more pro-police. Could you say? Oh, I would say definitely pro-police. Yeah. You, take, you take the public, the safe community plan outlined on Sunday, yeah. and then you add to the fact that a quarter of a billion dollars for police over three years—that uh, is completely the opposite of the David Eby we saw when he was a social activist. Let's have a listen to him yesterday announcing this RCMP funding, Premier David Eby. For the first time, British Columbia is committing to sustained core funding for the RCMP. These units serve urban and rural communities across the province and can help alleviate some work of municipal police forces freeing them up to focus on other crimes. It really is an interesting contrast that you just mm-hmm. described there from his days. And I covered him back in those days, yep. too, as you did when he was with Pivot Legal. He was with BC Civil Liberties. And he was he was at this sort of crusading street lawyer out there criticizing the police, like mm-hmm. getting right in their face out in the street yep. of the city. And now it's like the, his first moves as premier here are these very sort of public safety and pro-police measures. Is he trying to kind of inoculate himself against any of that criticism that the, well, the liberals want to remind people of? I think that's just a happenstance of what what is occurring here. I think it's um, whether or not he'd been in pivot or civil liberties, I still think we'd see the same policies. So, uh, but it's just a, a happy um, coincidence, I suppose, or happenstance that these, these uh, issues, these policies that he's announcing are in stark contrast to ones that he held before, or at least represented before, yeah. which are not popular. I mean, right now the public is not on the side of oh, let's all allow, defund the police, defund the police, or yeah. let's have these huge encampments of homeless people. The public is not on side with that stuff, and David Eby correctly reads the public mood on this right now, which is people are concerned about public safety, homelessness, uh, random assaults on the street, and that's a top-of-mind issue for voters. Right. The Liberals will still try to stick it to him, though, of course. They'll still oh, try sure. to paint him as All anti-police. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, over time, that fades away. Uh, yeah. Again, that was that was five, six years ago when he was uh, representing those views. I've been tracking him since he basically became attorney general. The moment he became attorney general, those things faded away yeah. in terms of his policy priorities. Yeah, I was listening to Eleanor Sturco in the legislature this week, liberal MLA, former RCMP officer. Rising star. Yeah, she's been really effective, and she's going after EB this week and, again, bringing up all the pivot legal history from his days down in the downtown east side, saying, like, you know, you were down there advising drug dealers mm-hmm. how to, how to how to you know, fight the cops and stuff, and... He turned around and called that description of him and his record as cartoonish. Cartoonish is yes. the word that he used. <laughs> so, I mean, 
elections two years from now, I'm not sure how much of that stuff st- will resonate with voters. Well, that's it's so long ago. So long ago versus stuff that's happening relatively new, which yeah. is funding the police, which is uh, cracking down on crime. And he's re- he's opened the door to for such things as um, reopening Riverview, or at least a modern Riverview. And the Liberals are going to be tough to fight that because Kevin Falcon is in favor of the same position. Right. And those are issues that he's received criticism over from Pivot Legal and, and from liberties. BC Civil yep. Liberties. And again, he'll wear that criticism any yeah. day uh, in terms of so in, this guy, in exchange for public opinion. He understands the political game that he's in here now. Oh, I he think has so. to move to the middle. It would it, it, Exactly. And yeah. that was always the question. I did, yeah. I did a column a couple of weeks ago. He'd be well wise to follow John Horgan's uh, centrist left position. That's yeah. where the voters are. They're yeah. not on the fringes. They're not on the extreme left or right. They're not the social activists. You don't gain power. You don't hold power by clinging to these sort of fringe social activist issues. It might play well to get protest rallies, but yeah. it doesn't speak to the, the middle of the road voter. Okay, let's talk about the other big issue for him in healthcare and mm-hmm. all the stresses and strains on the system we're seeing right now. Uh, a lot of uh, stresses at hospital emergency rooms. You talked about this last night in the Global News Hour. Let's listen to Dr. Randeep Gill here, Surrey Memorial Hospital. And here he is talking about some of the pressures at the, the pediatric ward there, all these sick kids at Surrey Memorial. Have a listen to this. The pediatric ER has been overrun for a while now. We're seeing approximately 250 kids per day during this surge, but it's actually the capacity, it was built for 72 patient visits per day. Okay, so we've heard a lot about BC Children's Hospital and the troubles there. They're not the only ones. There's other hospitals having similar problems. The worst hit hospitals right now are Kelowna General and Royal Inland in Kamloops. Between them, they have three vacant beds. Uh, If there's a bad car crash up there, uh, that system's going to be overrun. Uh, pediatric. The good news is the IC, the pediatric ICU numbers are actually down slightly from last week, but the emergency room visits, as I reported last night, went from about 6,200, 6,400 a day a few days ago to now, two days ago, 7,400. So an increase of 1,000 in one day uh, in terms of emergency room visits across the province. And it does vary from hospital to hospital. They or just heard the doctor there. They are feeling the pressure probably more than other hospitals. Um, beds aren't the problem right now. There are enough beds. We're at 97% as of two days ago. Which occupancy. sounds like a lot, but that's kind of typical in a way, though, isn't well, it? Well, before the pandemic, we were at 101%, 102%. That's, when the, that's the hallway medicine, when people are in hallways. On a gurney. On a gurney. Yeah. And we're not at that stage. They're uh, province-wide, I think the number last night was 282 vacant beds and those are just base beds there are sur- what are called surge beds which are beds pressed into action gurneys and others not located necessarily in a typical hospital ward there's still lots of those available so the bed but the bed issue isn't the problem right now it's staff yeah right it's right. It, like children's hospital Aaron mccarthy reported last night it's it's a real uh, staffing issue there are people who are sick yeah. and can't come to work and that puts the pressure on the system that's why they can't admit people or they can't uh, they just don't have the staff to treat them well i spoke to a young victoria couple earlier this week on the show victoria parents they have a six-month-old son who had their his life-saving heart surgery canceled at the last minute at bc children's and they were told that they had the capacity to do the to do the operation that wasn't the problem the problem was he was going to spend four days in icu recovering Mm -hmm. 
and they didn't have the staff yeah. in the ICU. Great, so they had to delay it. Happily, though, for listeners who heard that interview, I got a text yesterday from them saying that the surgery's been rescheduled for December. So that's a good thing. What's ironic is um, we were talking to Health Minister Adrian Dix yesterday. We've, we've never performed, we've never seen as many surgeries being performed right now. Um, but the demand has out, is outweighing the actual service. So again, we don't have the staff on a consistent daily basis to perform even more surgeries. Did you hear the road tax debate? Yes, that I just we heard just Mike did. Lawson and um, who was the other? Uh, Peter Waldkirch, who yeah. supports road, uh, road tax or congestion pricing. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's have a pool. Who goes first in terms of a politician who's going to okay. actually implement something like this? Let's listen to the ad. This is one of the reasons why Ken Sim is the mayor right now, is because this particular ad was very effective. Have a listen to it. He's bringing in a new tax just for driving into downtown? Who? Kennedy Stewart. He calls it road pricing, and it starts right after he gets reelected. Are you sure? The city already spent $1 million and hired consultants to get ready. So every time I go to work, or even Vancouver General, you get taxed. Yeah, well, Kennedy Stewart said this that was dirty pool, that ad, because <laughs> well, he said we weren't going to do it anyway. But anyway. Yeah, well, I think he opened the door by not completely ruling it out, and yeah. so his opponents, understandably, I mean, this is the equivalent of the NDP promising to get rid of the tolls. Right. On, on the bridge. I mean, that instantly spoke yes. to Burnaby and, and Surrey voters in a way that had not happened before. So you start raising, I mean, that ad it was a bit exaggerated, but it was yeah. effective. Yeah. You know, you mean I'm going to get taxed every time I go to the Do you think downtown? any government would have the nerve to bring in mobility pricing anywhere? In or the, the guts or the, uh, um, no. I, again, who's going to go first on this? Yeah. You know, the first person, first mayor or council that goes first is probably going to get booted from office. Because, because TransLink has talked about it. And and now Brad West is the new is the new head of the TransLink Mayor's Council, and he says we're not doing and going anywhere near this mobility. Brad pricing. West has a very good political antenna. Yeah. Uh, he knows the the foolhardiness of doing that. I mean, uh, on a dry public policy perspective, maybe it makes sense. Yeah. I and mean, we certainly do see things like this in Europe. But Europe, yeah. Vancouver is not Europe. We don't have the transit uh, capability that these other cities do whether it's underground subway or just uh, overhead transit lines, transit trains. I mean, most European cities have tremendous transit systems. We, don't, we just don't compare to that. And that's why road pricing is going to be a political orphan. It's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. James in White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Taking my call, I'm trying to understand why everybody's patting David Eby on the back. He's been in charge of this for how many years? He let it get out of control so badly, and ironically, the second that he becomes premier of the province, he starts doing what he shouldn't have done years ago, and everybody's treating him like a god. It makes no sense. They should be asking him, "Why didn't you do it when you were in charge before?" Why is it that you're making all these announcements now after you became premier? And where the hell are you going to get the money? Thanks for the call, Keith. Well, I'm not sure about who's treating him like God. If any doubt of that, come by the B.C. legislature and go to question period. The Liberals yeah. are certainly not uh, doing that. And he's been asking scrums, like, where, where, where have you been in the last four years? Yeah, I mean, that's, so, those are all valid questions, yeah. and those are questions he's going to have to face. Yeah. In terms of where he's getting the money, the money, we're going to get a, f- a financial update tomorrow by Finance Minister Selena Robinson. We've gone from huge deficits to impressive uh, uh, surpluses. So the money is there. $270 million uh, over three years compared to a, a provincial government's bu- budget is not a lot of money. 
In now, terms where are of they getting, is that new money? Or are they getting that That's out of existing mo- budget? New money, um, but we're gonna we'll get the details uh, in terms of how it breaks down. I mean, the government announces stuff all the time yeah. that is in the budget. Yeah, I mean, there's there's vast amounts of contingency fund. There's like eleven billion dollars of uh, of you know unallocated spending in the budget. So this is. A likely part of there's that. There's also kind of anytime a new premier takes office, there's also like a honeymoon period where you know they're like, oh, and they get a bit of slack, and then know? and then it gets rougher later. But it's yeah. legitimate to say, where were you before on some sure, of these absolutely. issues? Absolutely, you know, no question. Like the directive for Crown Council, for example, to right. to get tougher on Bill. That could have been done anytime. That was, I mean, the Liberals were calling for that for a couple of months ago. Yeah, for, so exactly. Robin in Vancouver. Hi, Robin. Go ahead. Hi there. I'm a retired registered nurse, and I was out with a friend last night who um, has a relative who wants to come up from the U.S. She just finished nursing school. She's been waiting for over three months to get her qualifications approved. Um, the U.S. now writes the same exams, or Canada does, as the U.S., mm-hmm. which is called the NCLEX, to get registered. She wants to work in pediatrics. And, and these, these bureaucratic holdups with the professional organizations as well are really frustrating. And I might add yep. my sister's a, my sister's a physician, and she, she tells me of the same issues, trying to get, yep. you know, doctors coming in from out of country who are, you know, they're coming from first world countries. Yeah, that... And where, where, you know, sort of similar education and having to wait for forever to get yep. the they're qualifications good. approved. And it's good. terrible. Thank good, you, Robin. The good news is that's changing for the better. So there's already work underway uh, to change this, to allow foreign-trained professionals to practice their crafts in Canada, in British Columbia. The colleges are are changing the way they're dealing with this as well. David Eby flagged this as an issue. We expect to hear a major announcement on this any day now from Premier David Eby and Health Minister Adrian Dix about clearing the roadblocks and the bureaucraties away to allow foreign Healthcare workers, fully trained healthcare workers, to start practicing in BC, whether they're doctors or nurses. Well, especially a nurse coming from the United States. I mean, you know, it's not like you're coming from some small, undeveloped, uh, yeah. developing country or something. You know, the standards in the United States universities are the same, well, just as stringent the, as ours. One of the ironic things is there's a number of Canadian nurses who work in Bellingham. Yeah. You know, foreign trained the Americans have less of a problem with foreign trained professionals than Canada's. But again, we expect that to change for the better literally in the days ahead. Al and Langley. Hi Al, go ahead. Hi. I kinda have a positive thing to say about the health care. Um about a month ago I decided it would be a cool idea to cut my try and cut my fingers off. <laughs> and I ended oh. up in an emergency and I was in and out of there in less than two hours. Oh, how did you so cut your I finger have- how did you cut your fingers off? Well, I didn't quite cut them off, but he said if I had had a different angle, things would have been a little different. I would have been in surgery. But you know the old saying of never work on something when it's running? Yeah. Right, right. So would you have a power saw? No, no. It was a, a compressor. But Oh, dear. Um, yeah. they Like, I was in and out in an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, glad to hear that. I did go there with my more bleeding all over the place. But And then years and years ago, I had a rather nasty aircraft ca- accident and ended up in the burn ward and whatnot. And oh, so I had nothing but good things to say about... Uh, about well, every, every day, thank you, Al. Every day there are hundreds, if not thousands, of success stories in the healthcare system. It just, it's like just as there's hundreds of planes that land safely at YVR. The ones that get attention are the ones that don't land safely. You know what's interesting? We just got 30 seconds left. Like, 
if you present in an emergency ward in, in trauma and you're in bleeding, obviously you're going to be triaged. You're going to get quick care, quick quality care. There's an, there's a TV ad from the BC Nurses Union right now showing people like a kid bleeding in an emergency ward and waiting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, there's a lot of pressure on government to put more resources into this. Well, there's also a contract negotiation going on yeah. between the BC Nurses Union yeah. and, the, and the employer. So you can't separate that very far from that.